Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, we've got John Anthony from MasculineDevelopment.com. And uh, John's a beast. I'm super excited to talk to him. I recently did an interview with his partner, Mark Mark Singh. Uh, He was on the podcast a few episodes ago. And um, we'll be talking about some really interesting stuff today, including how to get jacked in time for summer, uh, performance-enhancing drugs, maybe some stuff on crypto. Um, and uh, I'm really curious to hear about your lifestyle and how you run your six-figure business and, and all about that. So thanks for being on the show. Welcome. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. So Yeah, of course. Yeah. So tell, uh, tell us about your story. How did you kind of get into all this you know, crazy stuff and, and all that? Good, good question. Yeah. Good question. So uh, I got into like the red pill kind of content, you know, dating and, and all that stuff when I was, I think, 16. Uh, which I'm really thankful for. Wow, that's, that definitely that's really young. Changed. Yeah. That's There's great, a lot of guys man. that we're reaching nowadays that are pretty young. And um, I thought I was young when I was like 23 and when I started getting into the stuff. And yeah, uh, but 16, I mean, that, that's great. Like the younger, the Dude, better. It, it changed my life, man. Cause I mean, I, uh, I was, you know, basically didn't have the best upbringing, which is a very common theme with a lot of us guys in self-improvement. And uh, discovered the red pill. And then when I was uh, 20, about 20 years old, uh, I decided, you know, I don't want to do college. I don't want to do this. Um, I had a horrible experience at uh, a job. There's so much drama, just bullshit. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to drop out, start my own business. And uh, I did it. And I'm here today, 24 years old, self-employed, making six figures, uh, you know, just happy helping men improve their lives and, and providing good content. So it's definitely been a journey, man. It's definitely been a journey. Oh, congrats. That's, uh, that's great. I mean, thank you to, to do that at your age. I, um, I kind of made this my full-time thing right around the age of 25, 26. And it took me until, well, I, I mean, my ass was on the line. Like I, I was, um, basically the company I was working for, folded in 2007 so i had a choice i could either you know try to get another job in finance which i hated or make this business work so it sounds like you know you were able to do that at a really young age and that's uh that's great so yeah yeah i mean my last job was at a uh, beach bum tanning and i'll never forget dude so it was uh you know i was 20 years old and uh i'd done some shit online before you know i've been trading the stock market since i was 18 uh but the last straw for me was i had this job at beach bum tanning and uh, <laughs> There was, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to stereotype, but I'm sure you can imagine the type of uh, girls that are attracted to a tanning salon, uh, especially in my, the town that I live in, there was a lot of sorority girls. So it was just like, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Mean Girl, I think Mean, mean Girls or something, yep. it was like 20 of those and I was the only guy there. So there was just constant drama and uh, I ended up quitting after two weeks and I was just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and uh, ever ever since then, dude, I just self-employed and I'm fucking loving it. So I'm curious, how did you get into so obviously you started with personal growth um, mm-hmm. and then how did you transition to the business side and learn marketing and sales and all that stuff? That's a good question. So, I mean, I started my blog and um, I was just, you know, when I started it in, uh, I think, 2016. Um, and so let me let me back up. I had multiple business ventures before then. Right. Um, but the blog was the one that really 
took off. The blog and trading, I think, were two that really, really like helped me a lot, made me a lot of money and, and took off. And so I started my blog and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to provide free content, lots of cool stuff. And uh, I did. But I noticed that if you're not marketing, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is because no one's going to see it. Right. Right. So I eventually started uh, turning it into less of a personal sort of just me and my thoughts blog and more of a how can I get guys to, you know, read this and love it and, and get engaged and want to take the next step and, you know, sign up for some of my more premium courses. And, um, you know, I've just been doing that for several years. Um, did you so, study yeah, copywriting or how'd you learn all that? Yeah, I dude, I studied everything, man, marketing, copywriting, uh, you know, SEO, all kinds of stuff. But my buddy, Mark Singh, the one who, uh, you interviewed recently, mm -hmm. he, uh, he does all the copywriting. So I'm super, super happy to have him on board because, uh, my thoughts are just, um, you know, if you're, you want to have a general proficiency in everything you do, but get really good at like one or two things and then just pay other people to do the rest because it takes too long to learn to do every single skill. Yeah, I agree. That's really good advice because, mm. uh, yeah, and if you can partner with someone who's a great copywriter, that that's a huge uh, benefit to your business, of course. So Yeah, yeah. So he does the copy and what's your role? You provide more of the content? I Oh, yeah, dude. I, I write um, YouTube you know, I make YouTube videos. I write. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I write all about dating, uh, health and fitness. So my, my thing is I like to separate life into four areas, right? There's health, wealth, love, and happiness. I actually stole that from Ty Lopez. I'm sure he stole it from some, some book, uh, cause he's all about the knowledge, the <laughs> knowledge, the knowledge, bro. The knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so my aim is to basically get good at all four and help other guys get good at all four. Uh, because you know, it's, uh, it's not that impressive nowadays to be good at one. Cause there's a lot of guys that have a lot of money, but they're just like out of shape, not happy. Uh, you know, don't have their dating lives in order. And there's a lot of guys that are, you know, total degenerates and they just deal Coke and, and club all the time. So they've got their dating lives good, right. but their money situation and health situation is shit. So my goal is to get basically everything in, uh, in the same, uh, under the same umbrella and work on all of them. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk about performance enhancing drugs today, actually, because so uh, Rob, Rob, do you go by Rob or Robbie? Robbie. Robbie and I were talking before this and, um, you know, we were thinking about, you know, let's talk about how to get jacked for summer. Right. And uh, I think that's great. That's awesome. But I think that performance enhancing drugs also expand to other things like modafinil for uh, cognition and, and business performance focus, right? So there's a wide range of uh, tools I think that you can use that you can leverage to master every area of your life. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious because I've dabbled in a few things. Um, I had uh, some experts on the show back in the day who were big fans of uh, testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, I'm also kind of doing a uh intermittent fasting diet right now which i've seen some pretty good yeah. gains from um but uh yeah tell us about your experience in that so i love that you're doing if um what's what's your schedule for if so i'm doing um it's called the blowtorch diet by what's his name i had him on the show jay campbell have you heard of him from uh, trtrevolution.com i think he's from um, okay. It's a metabolic blowtorch diet. And uh, essentially the protocol is you fast every other day and you try to go for at least 16 hours. If you can go longer, great. Um, and then in the morning and at night, you take uh, metformin. Yeah. 
um, which I just started. It's a diabetes doing. drug. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it does, but it's a you know a big component to it. Yeah. Um, and you're you're basically intermittent fasting four out of the seven days a week, and yeah. uh, your meals are. You, the nice thing about it is you can you don't have to be super strict. Like you don't have to yeah. follow keto or anything like that. Cause I've, that's I've good done, if you're clubbing a lot too, cause it's hard to go out a lot of the time and like maintain your diet. Totally. I mean, I've done the keto diet. I lost, uh, almost 60 pounds back in 2000. Holy shit. Fuck, what year was that? 2012. Um, so I've tried everything Damn. out there and I've, my weights, been, you know, I was a fat as fuck for a, for a long time yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in my late twenties. Um, yeah. I was all the way up to 215 pounds and now I'm like right around 175, which is, I feel like pretty Damn. healthy for me. Uh, but I wanted to kill like a little bit of body fat and try to, you know, get a six pack by summer. Um, yeah. And uh, so I've been trying this for the last, been on it for almost two weeks and I've seen some pretty good results from, and I'd never done intermittent fasting before. Uh, yeah. And uh, I find it to be a lot easier than, than keto or something like that. Cause you can, Oh yeah. You know, I'm just looking at the, my, my app and it's like, all right, you have two more hours until you can eat. Fuck it. Drink some yeah. coffee and, Drink some water and do something else. Go work, you know? Yeah. There was a study done. Uh, I do IF every day. So there was a study done. They had uh, lab rats, right? And they fed them the exact same amount of food. They had the exact same amount of exercise. And uh, all they did was they just had one group that did IF and one group that didn't do IF in the lab rats. And they found that even under the exact same diet, sleep schedule, the exact food, exercise, everything, the ones that did IF, I think they gained like like 35% more muscle mass. They lost like 50% more fat in like a three-month period. So IF is really good for your That's, hormones. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you ever done um, um, SARMs or uh, you said you did, you experienced uh, or you experimented with TRT, right? Yeah. That was yeah. – I should have been more rigorous with my protocol. Um, I had a buddy who – basically got me a bunch of free stuff um not free stuff but illegal stuff uh yeah. <laughs> without a prescription <laughs> it definitely wasn't free um i think i was paying like 1200 a month for for everything oh, God. Um, yeah. and um yeah i started i don't know what do you call it juicing right so i started <laughs> i guess so yeah juicing sticking was, those syringes in there yep um I did that at the beginning of 2000, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And I put on a mm. lot of muscle really fast. Uh, but my diet was pretty haphazard and I was partying and traveling and going on trips yeah. and stuff like that. So it definitely, like, I saw the huge gain in muscle. I didn't lose much fat because my diet was probably shit. Um, but yeah. eventually I moved to Europe and I was just like too busy to figure out how to get it over here. And, I went off it for a while and I was a little bit nervous after going off it that something that might fuck with my hormones. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing, uh, nothing bad came of it. And I'm in better shape today than I was then. So, wow. Yeah. yeah I did. Um, so I've done, uh, a lot of things, right? So my, my thing is, uh, you've heard the term biohacking, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I followed so, Dave Asprey's stuff back in the oh, day. Oh, dude. Dave Asprey is the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he's the one who I heard about modafinil from actually. Um, and all that different stuff. So I've, uh, I've done cycles of steroids. I've done, uh, SARMs, which is selective androgen receptor modulators. Um, I've done like a lot of stuff, you know, modafinil, Adderall, cocaine, LSD, all the, all the different shit that yeah. you can use to biohack. And, um, have you, have you ever done SARMs out of curiosity? Cause I just no. got done with the cycle. No, what is it? I, I've, I've never heard one, of it either. Really? So that's, yeah. that's one thing that I think is super under tapped right now that a lot of guys don't know about. So, uh, to put it, to put it really briefly, 
SARMs, the best way to describe it is they're basically legal steroids and they have about 90% of the effects of steroids, but only about one to 5% of the side effects. Um, so there's a lot of different ones too. There's Osterin, Carterin, uh, Ligandrol, Rad140. Do you inject um, it? No. So that's, that's the great part too. Cause when I, when I did steroids, I, mean, <laughs> I remember the first time that I, I injected I didn't know how. So I got like the wrong pin size and I was like, I was still in college at the time. So I was Dude. like, it took me 40 minutes. I missed my class. I was like, fuck, this is so stupid. This hurts so much. So, uh, I almost, I have a funny, real quick, funny story about that. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't know you had to get the air out of the syringe. Yeah. Oh dude. Fuck. That's yeah. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> dude, did you get uh, an air bubble? I didn't, but I had this in, insane pain like right yeah. after. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it wasn't really a, a, a sharp pain, but it was like a dead leg for like yeah. two days. And, um, when I've, you know, God. asked my buddy, like, why is this happening? He's like, Oh, did you get the air out of it? I'm like, no, you never told me to do that. He's like, Oh yeah. I guess. <laughs> did you, did you inject in the glute side or what did yeah, you, in the legs, glute side. glutes? Glute. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, so I used to alternate between glutes, hamstrings, uh, shoulders. And uh, honestly, dude, like there's no way to, to do an injection that feels good. Like I've, uh, I tried warming it up. I tried massaging myself, like everything. It's just, it's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. Uh, well, know, the, with, the pain uh, from the needle wasn't really that bad. Like that was that okay. Pain? Yeah. It was the, the, and it was only that one time, um, because I did it wrong. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, I mean, from what I read, you know, you can die from, from something like that so dude yeah how, how much were you doing like how many migs a week i don't know what's the what's the standard uh well for trt it's probably like uh, maybe like 30 to 50 not that much yeah i think he had me on a pretty low dose to start with okay i don't, I don't yeah, know cause yeah because when i when i did roids it was like 200 a week so it was like a shit ton and um yeah dude that's that's why i like sarms so i th my thing is like don't ever get on roids or like anything like that unless you're going to benefit from it financially. So if it's like career wise, if you're a fitness model, whatever it is, uh, then great. But otherwise, don't do it. But yeah, that's the, good the thing I like about <laughs> yeah, definitely the thing I like about SARMs is so SARMs stands for selective androgen receptor modulators, and the way that steroids work, there's a lot of different steroids, right? Dianabol, testosterone, and anthate, trenbolone, acetate, etc. The way that steroids work, so there's something in your body called an androgen receptor. And steroids bind to these receptors and basically tell your body to build muscle, right? And that's why steroids get you such great results. But the thing is, there's also androgen receptors in your body that you probably don't want the steroids to bind to. So like there's androgen receptors in your organ tissue, which is why when guys get on steroids, you know, they have heart problems sometimes if it's for a long period of time, uh, you know, issues with like different different organs, um, and in addition to that, roids fuck with your hormones a lot, too, because you're literally injecting straight testosterone into your system. So there's going to be a lot of suppression, shrink, you know, testicular shrinkage, all that different stuff, gynecomastia, bitch tits. Um, <laughs> the thing I like about SARMs is they selectively, like the name implies, they selectively target specific androgen receptors. So they'll target androgen receptors in your muscles, which triggers them to grow. But they don't target the androgen receptors in, you know, like your heart or, you know, different different organs. So basically you can get a lot of the benefits of roids with uh, very few benefits of or sorry, a lot of the benefits of roids with very few side effects. 
Um, so that, I think that's like super undertapped right now. I mean, yeah, that's, it um, sounds it sounds a lot better to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've how, they've only how been, well known uh, is this stuff because I've never heard of it. And no, that's some, the thing, you know, man. Yeah, they're not. They're not, it's not very well known. Um, I mean, it, they just started creating them in the 1990s, right? So steroids have been around, uh, you know, for for decades since like the 1920s, right? Uh, athletes were using roids in, uh, you know, before like World War II to compete in the Olympics because no one knew about them. You know, there's no testing. Uh, but SARMs didn't really, in, in their modern form, they didn't start being uh, produced and, you know, experimented with until really like the mid to late 90s. And um, a lot of guys just aren't aware of them, you know. But so if uh, if you want to see the results, by the way, guys, if you go to Google and just search SARMs before and after, uh, my website is the first article that comes up. And so I, I documented my first cycle there. And it's basically, I mean, it's incredible. Like I put on, I think like, you know, 15, 20 pounds of muscle. I lost like seven or eight pounds of fat in the span of a few months, um, which might not sound like a lot, but no, that's great. When, when you really, that's yeah, when you, when you look at it, it's like a, a big difference. So I think it's and what really were you, what was your diet and exercise regime? Like obviously intermittent fasting. Yeah. So uh -huh. I was doing IF, uh, I was eating around 3000 calories a day. Um, you know, lots of protein, obviously I worked out probably three to four days a week. Um, I use my, my, I have my own workout routine, uh, body and alpha. So I use that, uh, but sometimes I'll alternate it depending on like the, the cycle and things like that. So, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think it's a huge undertapped potential. Um, and in fact, you can, you can get shredded. Like if you guys are trying to get shredded for summer, definitely look into SARMs because you can run a cycle for, you know, 400 to 500 a month and, uh, basically get, get really jacked, um, you know, get, get super shredded and uh, you get, you know, like I said, you get a lot of the benefits of steroids with very few side effects. So, and this took you a couple months. Yeah, I mean, you do, so you typically do it in uh, eight to twelve week cycles. And so, okay. there is something called the anabolic ratio, and this is basically the ratio of uh, how anabolic, to put it in sort of, to put it in like layman's terms, how uh, much muscle you'll build compared to the side effects, right? And so, for example, testosterone is a hundred to a hundred. Uh, so that means, you know, the the side effects compared to the muscle building is about equal. Uh, a steroid like Trenbolone is 500 to 500. So you get a whole bunch of muscle, but you have a shit ton of side effects, right? Uh, a SARM like Testolone, for example, Rad140, is 90 to 1. So that means it's 90% as effective as pure testosterone with only 1% of the aromatization or the, the side effects, basically. So mm -hmm. I just got off a cycle of uh, Rad140, and uh, I was really impressed. I took some pictures. I'm going to post them. Um, I, th I think I just I cannot emphasize like I think this is super undertapped for guys like, you know, everyone nowadays they're trying to get jacked, especially in the States. There's a lot of competition, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy, man. Like you just you get jacked and you put some pictures up on Tinder. It's like it's like fucking pussy heaven. You can get <laughs> thousands of girls fucking swiping right on you like it's it's insane. So. Yeah, definitely makes a difference, especially on online dating sites, because that's all they're seeing. You know, they're yeah. they're literally just flipping through for how hot you are. Basically, and, uh, yeah. yeah. If you want to be competitive on those sites, you've got to fucking you got to look good. That's for sure. Yeah, so definitely. How so you said it's like four, four to five hundred bucks a month. And how do people get it? So it's four hundred to five hundred bucks for uh, for a cycle. So that's about for a two, okay. three months. Yeah. yeah. So it probably works okay. out to one fifty a month. Um, and I have a discount code you guys can use too, if you want to, if you want to plug that in the description or something, yeah, um, the link, uh, below the, below the yeah, yeah. show on the site. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, 
Yeah. What was the question you asked? Sorry, I forgot. I blanked out. Um, oh, where you can? I asked where they can get it. They can get it through you. No. So, well, okay. So, good question. So, I don't sell. So, okay. I've been I've been in the the supplement industry for a long time. Uh, you know, I had a job selling supplements under uh, an IFBB Pro when I was like nineteen or, or twenty. Um, and so, there's a lot of bullshit in this industry. Um, I get I get mine from proven peptides personally. Um, and the great thing about SARMs too is like a lot of performance enhancing drugs aren't technically legal. So like modafinil, for example, you have to go to like overseas pharmacies, you know, get it from India, all that stuff. But SARMs are, are perfectly legal, right? They're, uh, they're technically sold as research chemicals. So you're technically not supposed to put them in your body, which yeah. technically I can't endorse, but it's perfectly legal to, uh, <laughs> to buy them and to, you know, basically have them on your person. Um, so I get mine from proven peptides and I've had really good experiences there. Um, a lot of guys, you know, in the supplement industry online, they'll sell you like, they'll say that they're SARMs, but they're actually pro hormones, which are way fucking worse for you. Not as effective. I jumped on a cycle from, um, uh, where the hell was it? Primeval labs, which is another co company that sells supplements. And, uh, I do not recommend them at all. Uh, I, within the first day I was like, I was having the most emotional mood swings up and down. Like my hormones were fucked. Uh, you know, I, I stayed on it for about a week and I was like, I can't do this. I'm just getting off. So proven yeah. peptides is, is, uh, is my go-to. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah. sharing that with us. Um, so tell me more about your intermittent fasting routine. You do it every day and for how long? Yeah. So I, I hit the gym on a, an empty stomach. I've done that for, for years now. Um, I take a pre-workout first thing in the, in the morning cause it hits you really hard when you're working out with an empty stomach. Uh, I usually, I don't think too much about it. So a lot of guys are very rigid with their, their hours, like, you know, 14 hours, 16 hours, 18 hours. I basically just, uh, you know, I don't eat for like the first, you know, four to eight hours usually that I wake up, which is great cause I can get work done. And, uh, you know, I just eat, uh, generally when I, when I start to feel like a big dip in energy and focus, I'll start to eat. Um, but until then I just, I just, you know, hit the gym or, or lift. So you said you were doing, um, the eight sixteen thing, right? That's like a very common one. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm doing it every other day. Um, he recommends to go as long as you can. And, uh, mm. and so I've been, you know, I, I, I went 21 hours, uh, when I did it yesterday and I felt okay. I felt fine. Actually, I, I did a, uh, Muay Thai training class with my, I have a personal trainer for Muay Thai. And I had more energy than I've ever had in a training session. He's like, dude, you're hitting way harder today. What's going on? I'm like, well, yeah. I haven't had food in <laughs> yeah. over 19 hours. So yeah, yeah. you get really yeah. sharp. Like you get, there's something in your body where like when you don't have food for a long period of time, your body's just like, okay, we need food. Let's up the, you know, growth hormone production. Let's, let's get this motherfucker sharp and on point so you can find some food. So, um, I've done like day fasts before and stuff like that. And that mm -hmm. stuff's really good for like uh, cleaning out metabolic waste in your body. Uh, you know, I think they did a study and it was like, if you fast for 24 to 48 hours, your growth hormone increases by like between 700 and 1200 percent, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that's what um, that's what I was reading in in this book, and they were talking about all these studies, and you get sharper, and all the you know basically like the the effects of intermittent fasting, which aren't just diet; it's it's totally mental which I realized. So, yeah. and I, I mean, I'm a total newbie beginner on this stuff. So it's, it's great hearing from an expert like you, but you, with the modafinil and with all this other stuff, it sounds like you've, you're biohacking, you know, as good as someone could do. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, dude. I, I just like, so Mark and I did a podcast recently on, um, he's, he's very like, like he's a purist, right? He doesn't like to do alcohol, drugs, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm like the opposite. Right. And so we did a very cool podcast contrasting our views. And, uh, my thing is like, if you can, you know, any, any drug, right. Whatever, like caffeine, uh, you know, uh, energy drinks, nicotine, you know, speaking of which I'm, I have my fucking, uh, e-cig right here. Um, modafinil, SARMs, whatever, testosterone, any drug is a tool. So if you can leverage it to gain all of the positives and deleverage it to minimize the side effects, then I think it's great and you can get a lot of shit done. You know, when I, um, I had a course that I launched a while ago in, uh, early 2018 and uh, I was recording videos for this thing. Like I, I wanted to get it out. And so for about like, you know, a, a three week period, I was just like, binging on Adderall and Modafinil, all that different shit. And I don't think it's a good long-term lifestyle, but if you can do that and then get a course out that makes you thousands of dollars each month, or if you can like focus on a project and like nail it, then I think it's like, it's a tool, you know, like it's a Mm -hmm. great tool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so much stuff out there. uh, Just the, the general narrative, the consensus about drug use and it's, you know, the war on drugs and, you know, just growing up in the U.S., you yeah. they they really demonize drugs, and they you know tell you tell everyone that they're addicts, and everyone's you know going to end up. Like, in a, <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen Reefer Madness? That old one. I have. I have. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> dude smokes like one hit of weed and starts killing people and like fucking shit. <laughs> Crazy, right? Okay, yeah. And I was listening to something the other day. Um, it was a uh, a, a TED talk, I believe on they decriminalized drugs in portugal and the impact that had on society did you hear about this i think yeah i think i've watched like a few minutes of it yeah they had like the most uh like crack and heroin addicts of any country in europe and they were doing basically what the u.s was doing trying to you know fight the war on drugs and it was just making the problem worse and worse so they they brought in a bunch of experts and did a study and they said you know what we're just going to decriminalize everything let people do it if they want and uh the percentage of drug addicts like dropped tremendously. Um, it, basically, everything they wanted to have happen happened. So it's so crazy to me that all this shit still goes on, and there's so much misinformation out there when it comes to drug use. Yeah, so, yeah. Fuck, I mean, yeah. it's it's insane, dude. Like, I mean, I think that using, you know, weed or uh, shrooms or acid or whatever. Like, my thing is, you want to have a healthy base, right? So, like, you want to meditate, work out, all that different shit. But if you can use those things to reach a higher state of consciousness or to gain clarity in your life that you couldn't gain before, then, I mean, why wouldn't you do it? You know, like if I can if I can use SARMs to like get really jacked, you know, for for a photo shoot or for the summer, you know, which, by the way, guys, like if we can totally talk about the uh, the whole looks versus game dilemma, the debate that people have, you know, do looks matter more? Do, does game matter more? Da da da. Inner mm-hmm. game versus outer game, all this different stuff. Uh, but what I say is like, why not get all of it? Like if you're jacked exactly. and you're confident and you have game, you know, the technical aspects, you're, you have inner confidence, you know, inner game. Like, why would you not do everything? Why would you, you not know? optimize? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I it's go to crazy the pool here, to. dude, I, I'm uh, in a college town. So there's a lot of girls here, a lot of young girls. And, um, it's actually funny cause the, I dropped out of this, this college, but I'm still in town and, uh, we've got about, I think it's like a 70% girls to 30% guys ratio. So it's like crazy. It's insane. And, um, Wait, which college? Where are you? <laughs> James Madison in uh, Harrisonburg. 
That's, so that's what South Carolina. Where is that? Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I uh, my, I'm here uh, in like geography, dude, it's, it's insane. Cause like I literally just, I'm jacked. I go to the grill, go to like a pool nearby, grill some burgers with my friends and you can just open girls. Like they'll, they'll just, they like, they like, they're mad if you don't open them. Cause there's like, <laughs> Oh, there's these cool guys like, that are jacks that are like having fun. Why isn't he talking to us? So it's like, it's like, if you just get everything, man, money looks game inner confidence you know uh, just meditate like do all these good things like why would you not do that you can have everything <laughs> yeah you know you make it sound so easy like <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just do these things guys like just make a million dollars what the fuck guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very true easier said than done but but let me ask you so when going through your process what was the biggest challenge you had to overcome to get all this stuff in order it's a good question i think for the very first thing was just believing it's possible, uh, you know, because if you don't if you don't think it's possible, then you're not going to take action to do those things. And you're not going to you know, there's just no there's no way you can do it. Um, I've had different challenges in, in different areas. So I think with health, I uh, I've been very healthy since I was probably a kid. You know, when I was uh, I was really into like video games and stuff like that when I was young. But about the time that I turned 16 I kind of got fed up and I was like, I'm just going to get jacked. So I've been working out since I was 16 very regularly. Um, you know, with uh, with women, the biggest I think the biggest uh, obstacle I faced was just getting over my own negative conditioning, my own, uh, you know, repressed emotions, fear of rejection, all that different stuff. Um, you know, there's there's so many things, man, but it all comes to inner game. Like, obviously, you're very aware of, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that if you just focus on the inner game. And still take action, right? Don't don't have this uh, false dichotomy of outer versus inner. Do both. But if you just focus on the inner the inner growth, then everything else comes naturally. What about what yeah. about you? What was what's your experience? Um, well, I struggled a lot with my weight, and I basically did everything before addressing that. So mm. I worked on my game, my inner game. Um, you know essentially like built myself you know built a business became successful and did really well with women kind of being a bit chubby i wasn't huge but you know when i lost the weight it was just a total game changer and, oh yeah um you know i was getting tons of girls before that but the quality of women really increased and just the ease of it right like i yeah. could do it before i could spit a bunch of game i could talk myself in there blah 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 blah, blah. she'd eventually end up liking me but you know, I couldn't use Tinder. <laughs> I couldn't use yeah. online dating sites very effectively. Luckily, they weren't super popular back then. This was like, you know, almost eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but after losing the weight, it was a total game changer because, like you said, I had all of these things in place. Like I was a very well-rounded, good package. Mm -hmm. You know, so what girl wouldn't want to, you know, yeah. check me out? And, yeah. and that's the thing. You have to there's so much competition out there and there's young guys like you who are just like on the fucking ball. Yeah. Right. Um, and you have to, to be competitive. It's a competitive market. So you have to do all these things. And, um, you know, if you've got shit holding you back or these beliefs, like I fell victim to a lot of the old shitty PUA advice, which yeah, is like, Oh, you could be fat. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can be fat. You can get girls like this guy, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, sure. I, so I don't need to lose the weight. And, and eventually I hit a wall and I was like, yeah. all right, let's, cause I think I, I believe that if you work on the thing that 
you you know you need to work on the most, you'll have the biggest gain from that. Like when you wake yeah. up in the morning, do the thing you want to do the least first. Like whatever's yeah. on your checklist of, of bullshit work you have to do, like do the shittiest thing first. That's, and, that is great advice, dude. Like that's the, I like to use that model, like the health, wealth, love, and happiness. Because my thing is like whichever thing you're lagging behind in the most, if you just work on that a little bit, everything else will get better. You know, so like for some guys, like, like you said, it's like the whole like, oh, you can be fat and pick up girls, which like technically is true. It's yeah. like, yes, okay, there's like pickup artists, you know, guys, you know, that, that, uh, I'm not gonna name names, but you know, that have like a lot of hot girls around them, all that shit. Uh, and it's true that, you know, if you hyper compensate by having money and game and a good lifestyle, then it'll work. But like, why not just put in, you know, a little bit of effort and get in good shape? And then it's like so much easier. So, you know, that whole, uh, the whole looks versus game thing. I get shit sometimes because like I always say that like girls don't care about looks. Girls don't care about looks, which technically isn't true. I think that the full phrase is basically girls don't care about looks if your game is in like the top 0.01%. Because if you can make a girl laugh so hard that she cries, all she knows is I feel good around this guy. I like this guy. But you know, the truth is like, why would you not just like do both? Like game is, I think of game is like your marketing, right? And so having good looks will get you a higher level of initial attraction that makes everything so much fucking easier, you know? And I mean, I, again, like, it's just like guys always have this thing where it's like, well, you know, why should I do this? If like, there's this other one guy who can like do it without losing weight or whatever, but just, just leverage everything, you know? And yeah, what's crazy it's is lazy like, man's approach to, it to is. things like that. It is. And I know, like, trust me. <laughs> dude, what's, what's crazy is like, so in some ways there is more competition nowadays, right? Cause like, you know, like we we're talking about like Tinder, right? It's like, you know, there's young guys that have their shit together, but maybe it's different in Ukraine and uh, in parts of Europe. But like, I think that in the States, there's actually like very little competition. Like once you start actually getting your shit together, there's so little competition that it's so easy to slay. Like, I oh, mean, it's lonely at the top. It's, dude, uh, it, yeah, yeah. Dude, it is. <laughs> it does. It is. It, yeah. And, and Ukraine is interesting because the competition is so low here really? and, and there's way more women than men. Uh, and there's way more women in shape than in the U S yeah. so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's paradise when it comes to that. You know, people ask me, why did I come to Ukraine? I always say, Oh, the, for the borscht. And they don't believe him. <laughs> the borscht? So, what, is, what does that mean? That's the uh, the national soup. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous thing. Because every guy it, comes yeah. here for the pussy. Yeah. Every single guy. Yeah. If he tells you otherwise, he's probably lying, right? Probably. Unless he – because there's no reason to come here unless – yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're I mean like it's, it's funny because like the more that I, I go on this journey, like you said, like the less competition there is. You know, like it's it's so crazy – the mindset. And I feel like 99% of what I do is I just like try to get guys to change their mindset because, you know, here it's like, for example, I have, I have this one friend of mine, right. And he knows that I, I, you know, make six figures online. I'm like really good at everything. And, and I'll always like, we'll be talking and, and he's like, Oh, you know, maybe I should start a podcast. Right. Cause he has this shitty job that he hates. And I'm like, yeah. yes, like I will help you. I'm like, yes, like, yes, you want to take action. I'll help you. And then he just never does it, you know, or it's like, he, uh, his girlfriend, he told me that she only fucks him like once every two months. And I'm like, Oh, like, dude, like, you know, let me help you. Like I literally, you know, help guys get better with girls for a fucking living. And he's like, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah you know, whatever. And it, just, it never happens. Right. So like so many guys, they're operating at this low level 
where they literally like they don't even put in any effort. Like they That's people like think ninety five percent of guys too. It is like they yeah. they think they're taking action by like reading a blog, but it's like no motherfucker. Like read the blog, get the information, and then go out into the real world and apply it. That's taking action. So if you can just take like a small amount of action, you can kill it, dude. It's insane. I mean, in in three years, in the last three years, so I was. I was a virgin until I was, uh, I think like 21. Right. And I was like a good looking kid. I was, you know, had muscles, but, uh, I just, ne- I didn't have any game, no confidence. I was insecure, uh, you know, emotionally needy. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I never got laid, but you know, in the last three years, uh, since I was 21, right. I've slept with like over 150 girls started making six figures online. I made 10 K in a day, uh, at one point, you know, like just the level of fucking slaying it that you can do. I've like gotten jacked, um, happier, like everything's just getting better. And, yeah. you know, when you just, when you just learn those underlying principles of growth of, you know, inner confidence of, of just changing your life, everything just transforms and there's no fucking competition. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's interesting how, <laughs> how little competition there is. Uh, I'm sure for a lot of guys listening, they might be like, yeah, well, cool for you guys yeah, to say, you know, you guys, are, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are crushing it. But the thing I want to bring up, which is I'm guessing for you to make that transition you probably had to change a lot of your habits yeah. because that's what I've noticed big time in all my clients who get success in my own journey. It's getting rid of habits that just don't serve you and, and creating good habits that do. So what were those habits for you? Lifting weights, meditating, journaling, and reading. And I think that journaling is key. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, most I people keep... don't bring that up. So journaling yeah yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's always it's always read meditate lift weights like that stuff get up earlier which is great that's awesome but my thing is self-awareness is always the biggest leverage point because if you're not self-aware right like to everyone listening right now really take a moment to ask yourself how have i taken action in the last week like what have i done to improve my life because a lot of the time you know, and this was me several years ago, right? A few years ago, it was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm reading these articles. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm taking action, right? And it, you know, that's great, right? Listen, you know, I have a blog with over 250 articles on it, a YouTube channel. Like you've got a podcast. That's great. Listen to that shit and absorb it, but apply what you're doing. And that's why I think that journaling is so, so, so key because that helps you develop self-awareness, you know? Like when you, so every day, um, I, I, you know, keep track of the things that I get done, right. Um, I journal, right. So, you know, when I go back and look at my journal for the past six months and I did say that, you know, so here's an example, right. Say that I set a goal to accomplish in six months, right. Cool. Uh, you know, every day I'll journal my thoughts, just kind of what I'm doing, just anything on my mind. If I don't hit that goal by the time that I reach that six month mark, I can then go back and see, okay, you know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm focusing on. There's a lot of negative uh, thoughts in my journal that I was struggling with. Maybe I should deal with that. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my, my checklist of things that I did in the past six months. Maybe I didn't take enough action. Maybe this thing right here that I was focusing on for two weeks wasn't uh, important and I should have just ignored it, right? When you journal, that's the gateway to self-awareness. And so I just think that's so fucking critical, you know? So yeah. that's, that's my process. I'm glad you brought that up because I've I've certainly journaled quite a bit, um, and 
it's something I you're inspiring me to to do it more consistently and regularly. But usually I'll do it when I'm feeling down or I'm going through a rut, and I'll start journaling every day. And then mm. sure enough, like you know things turn around, so I'm just like whatever, don't need to do that yeah. anymore. So I'll stop. But then I'll I'll be on a plane, you know, no Wi-Fi, nothing to do. I'll look back through my notes on my phone. And I'll read my journals and I'll be like, whoa, I was in such a different headspace just three months ago, four months ago, six months ago. And it's amazing because we don't remember how we felt, you know, most of the time, right? We just kind of the day-to-day stuff, the stuff that has a huge emotional impact on us, but just the, the, whatever level that you're vibrating on, like emotionally and and spiritually, when you go back and you read a journal, like it's, it's pretty fucking obvious because you have your intimate personal stuff in there. And, uh, I, I got so much um, both like joy of reading that and realizing how far I'd come um, and just awareness, like you said. So, yeah, yeah thanks no, for bringing that up because that's, that's I'm, huge. I'm super glad that I that I brought this up and that, that we expanded upon it because, I mean, one thing that I like to do, too. So I have a daily journal, right? It's just a Word document on my computer. I just write, you know, my thoughts, my feelings, kind of clarify things, right? Uh, So that's one benefit is it helps you clarify your thoughts, right? But what I'll do is every two or three months, I go back through my daily journal in my, in my word document and I'll highlight the most important lessons and principles that I learned in those four areas that I mentioned, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And that allows me to sort of get a, a bird's eye view of my life, right? So for example, you know, if I tried, uh, you know, SARMs or, you know, tried, I don't know, waking up at a different hour every day for the last three or four months, you know, I'll look at the results and then I can compare that to the journaling that I did the six months before that. And I can take notes and say, okay, when I wake up at this hour, I'm more productive, but my social life suffers because I don't go out as much. Uh, when I do this, then it leads to this result, right? So I just think that nailing down that, that self-awareness is so fucking critical because most guys, you know, to quote Henry David Thoreau, they live quiet lives. They live lives of quiet desperation and they just, anytime they feel that discomfort, they stuff it down, right? They stuff, you know, maybe I should, they have a thought, right? Maybe I should leave my job, stuff it down. Maybe I should do this, stuff it down. But when you journal and you're just brutally honest with your, your successes, your failures, the lessons you've learned, there's no way to, to ignore it. So I think yeah. that that you can't bury it really getting that self-awareness is the first step towards any change. Yeah. And the other great thing is just, as you mentioned, just getting the thoughts out of your head and and organizing them because we, we're all walking around, you know, like our brain is, it, it's just an organ that produces, uh, you know, it basically stops us from, from getting killed. Right. Yeah. And we, we think, <laughs> we think we are our thoughts. Like, oh, I just had yeah. this crazy thought. It must've been me. It's like, no, you literally just thoughts just pop in your head and they've done studies on this to prove that your the thoughts aren't you. You're literally just yeah. having them. Right. And, and so we might get bogged down by our thoughts or think there's a, this crazy bad shit going on, blah, blah, blah. How could I think that, you know, what kind of asshole am I? Right. Yeah. And, but as you write them down, you realize the absurdity of your thoughts and it really, at least for me, creates a lot of clarity and allows me to get out of like these murky headspaces that it's easy to get in. Also, meditation is is something I picked up about a year ago, which has radically changed my life. Oh, yeah. So, what, I meditate what, every day. Super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I try to do I, – I, I've been pushing myself to do longer, you know, hour long, 40 minutes, blah, blah, blah. But I try to at least do 10 or 20 minutes. If I don't do at least a 10-minute meditation, I, I notice it. 
you know, I do too. Just, yeah. So one, another thing, here's my, uh, my morning routine basically. So it's changed over the years. And my thing is if you're listening to this and you, you've never meditated or you don't meditate regularly, you don't work out and you don't read start immediately. Do that for six months and journal and see how your life changes. But after a certain point, I think it's okay to start changing things and tweaking them to serve you. So I used to meditate, you know, 20 minutes every, I, I had this long elaborate morning routine uh, that is actually the first article I ever posted on my blog. And it took like an hour to an hour and a half. Right. And that's great. That's great to get some initial uh, momentum. But yeah. now what I do, because I like to just get up, do some quick high ROI things, which I think is a very critical concept to understand and then just get going. So what I do is I, uh, I got this uh, process for writing down my my tasks and goals and dreams every day from this really successful uh, lawyer that I, I actually don't know, but I heard of him through, through someone else. And every day I'll write down. So first off, I use a gratitude journal. I don't uh, I don't know if you guys can see this if we're recording for the podcast or not, but for the video, but I use a gratitude journal, uh, write down three things that I'm thankful for every day, three things I want to accomplish, do some affirmations. That takes two minutes. Then I uh, I write down three critical that's tasks. That's the first thing, first thing you do after waking up. Very first thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want, then no I write checking down your phone. No, uh, no, no Instagram. No. Good. Don't, don't, don't check <laughs> your phone for the first three hours do. of the day because oh when you gosh. check your phone, it puts you into a reactive state, right? And it's tempting, right? Cause you want to go on Twitter and see how many new followers you got. You want to go on YouTube and see your subscribers, you know, your messages, Instagram, the WhatsApp, likes, everything. Exactly. Yeah. Check your Snapchat, mm-hmm. but that gets you into reactive state first thing in the morning. So dopamine, super critical neurotransmitter, I like how the, this is flowing, by the way, um, yeah, so much better than when I first started off. I was like, yeah. Um, so, you know, dopamine, critical neurotransmitter. Uh, you know, when you check your phone for the first, you know, in the first, whatever, 10 minutes of the day, you set a certain uh, mindset in motion for the rest of the day where you you basically get a hit of dopamine first thing by checking your your likes, your Facebook, whatever. That makes you want more dopamine. So I don't check my phone for the first three hours of the day at all. So what I do is I do the gratitude journal, uh, you know, and then I write down three critical tasks I want to accomplish every day. Then I go to, uh, I do it on a, a legal pad, a yellow pad. Next page, uh, three or more goals that I want to accomplish in the next month to six months to keep me constantly aware of my goals. Then I write down a list of dreams, right? Things that I don't have really have a plan to do at some point, but that I, that I want to, right? You know, something, I don't know, like one of them might be, you know, meeting a certain celebrity or someone that I look up to, or, you know, um, networking with someone or having a certain car, a certain house in a location, whatever. Uh, and then I take notes, right? So I write down notes section where I can write notes every day. After that, I meditate for, uh, you know, 10 minutes usually. And then this is the key. I visualize. I visualize what I want my life to look like in a year, in two years, in three years, because when you visualize and you really feel the emotions as you're visualizing your ideal life, it ingrains it into your subconscious and it changes that circuitry in your brain, right? So they've done studies and uh, they've had athletes where they compare two groups of athletes. One group, they'll practice for 30 minutes a day for free throws, right? Another doesn't practice at all and they just visualize themselves making the free throws, And what they found is the group that visualizes themselves making the free throws actually performs better in the games. And so what that shows us is that when you visualize something, you literally set the circuitry to be created in your brain. You set that process in motion so that you're literally turning that thought into a reality. Yeah, man, I I can attest to this personally because I I played high level collegiate golf. 
Um, oh, cool. thought about going pro, but visualization yeah. in golf is fucking everything. Cause you, you're literally looking down the fairway, you're looking at the green, you got a tree in front of you. Yeah. All of the times where I, I, I noticed this, I kind of found out on my own. Um, cause anytime I'd get in trouble, I'd be behind a tree. I'd had to hook it around or slice it around a tree. I would pull these miraculous shots off. I'm like, what am I doing differently? And I was like, I was focusing, I was visualizing the shot. It was mm-hmm. easier to visualize it cause there's an object to go around or something to hit through. And I started doing that in, on all my shots and my game improved drastically. And then someone was like, oh yeah, you're visualizing. You're supposed to do that. This should be part of your pre-shot routine. I was like, oh, well. I'm glad I fucking figured this out now. It would have been nice to know a few years earlier, but it's it's everything. So Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, when you start so, you know, they've done studies and uh they did another study too where um they had someone visualize lifting doing bicep curls, right? Lifting weights. And they found that there was actually a noticeable increase in muscle mass just from imagining yourself lifting weights, right? So what does that tell us? It tells us that when you visualize something, there's a physiological, biological change in your body. That it, So your, your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and visualizations, or at least your, your subconscious mind and your body. It doesn't know the difference, right? That's why when you think of something bad happening, you get fucking nervous, right? You're, you're, you feel tightness in your chest, but your body doesn't know the difference. So you can literally prime your mind every day for success if you just visualize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And how does that tie into affirmations? Because my experience with affirmations has been not nearly as impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a while, I was kind of like just totally against them. Um, and it was like, well, I'm saying this thing and I don't feel it. So it's fucking bullshit. So I had this, this contradiction in my mind. Um, can you speak to that at all? Totally. So I, I actually kind of, I feel the same way, right? So uh-huh. I used to do, uh, you know, like a hundred affirmations a day or whatever, like these different things. And what I found is that it feel, it, it should never feel like a task, right? It, if it feels like a task, which I think affirmations that it kind of tends to, to feel like a task, uh, then you're not getting the benefits, right? And it's not fun, right? So you should, what my thing is like, sometimes if I'm just, you know, I, I'm walking around uh, doing something in my house or like if I, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, uh, I just finished something at work and I am, you know, happy that I did that thing. I'll literally just yell, this sounds so narcissistic, but I'll just yell out like, God, I'm a fucking champion. God, I'm, I'm so fucking cool. God, I'm so fucking awesome. So I, I like to do affirmations when I naturally feel that way. And then I verbalize I it, right? Um, there's guys no, that- great. And it's, it's, it's so good to actually say those things to yourself because we usually, we say, you know, we're really comfortable saying, oh, I'm such a fucking loser. I'm such yeah, a yeah. fucking asshole, blah, 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 right? So, you know, kudos for you because- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, there's guys that, you know, they, they swear by saying, you know, 100 affirmations three times a day or whatever it is. But the thing that I like to, to sort of say to myself is uh, and, and by the way, too, like at, at first you want to try everything and see how you feel. Right. See how it affects you um, because you don't you don't quite know yet. But my thing is I've reached a point in my life where, you know, I'll uh, I'll ask myself, oh, do I want to say 100 affirmations a day? And then I'll, I'll, I'll have another thought that follows that. And I'll basically just say, well, hold on. Like if I actually am a fucking champion, I don't need to say this shit because I believe it. Right. So, I mean, if, if you, whatever it takes to get that belief in your head, just do that. Right. You know, I used to say affirmations a whole lot. 
you know, and, and maybe they helped me. I actually, I don't know. But, you know, what I do know is if it makes you feel great and you feel better, then then just do it. Like, honestly, that's that's a great guiding principle. If it starts to feel like a task, so then don't fake. do it. Yeah. Right. If it's like fake, you're just going through the motions, then don't do it. And I, I get that there is also discipline and, and things like that. And sometimes it's hard to meditate, but you still should. I get that. But in general, I think if it starts to feel like a task and it's not serving me, if it's not helping me grow, then I just don't I don't do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's important to that you can cop out with that too, of course. Exactly. That's why I don't want to mention it because a lot of newbies, right. you know, they they meditate once and they're like, oh, it doesn't feel good, so don't do it, right? Or totally. you know, they they I, uh, worked out like once, oh, it doesn't feel good, don't do it. So yeah, <laughs> it took me it took me like two years to actually get into meditation. Um, you know, I'm sure listeners to this are, are laughing because like I had guests on for many many episodes. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. It's not for me. It's fucking. It's a waste of time sitting there. I could be getting so much shit done, and now I'm like the opposite like yeah it's, it's so important um but that was always my cop out like eh, it's too hard blah 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 yeah. so if it's use, something you go ahead do you use binaural beats when you meditate um i've done it twice recently yeah. actually which which but ones do you use i don't even know it was a, a friend sent me you know a recording yeah to just play so I, I know very little about it i know i kind of know what they are but explain okay cool so um I use something called brain.fm and I've, I've used all kinds of binaural beats from life flow to whatever. Uh, binaural beats are basically, it's where you uh, wear headphones, right? Or earbuds or whatever. And uh, it plays a certain frequency in your right ear that's different from the frequency in your left ear. And it essentially helps your brain get into a certain state faster. So there's your brain, uh, has different frequencies, right? Uh, alpha, beta, delta, gamma, right? Alpha is like when you're focused, you're relaxed, you're feeling great. Beta is, you know, the alpha and beta and, and pickup. It's exactly what it sounds like, right? Beta is when you're anxious, you're nervous, um, et cetera. Delta and gamma are for like deep sleep. And when you play binaural beats, it helps you get into a certain state faster. So again, I, I use brain.fm, which I've been using for like a year and a half. It's great. It's like five bucks a month or something. And um, there's one for focus that I listen to every day when I'm trying to get work done, uh, but they have one for meditation. And so, you know, maybe it, it helps get your brain into a, a delta or a gamma state faster. So it helps you wind down and stop thinking faster. So that's one thing that I really like doing uh, is, is binaural beats. I don't know. You said I'll you tried a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was hypnotized way, way back in the day and played around a little bit with binaural beats, but um. I never, I'm glad you explained it because I never really understood their purpose. I knew you can get in different brainwave states, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely add that to my, uh, my, my practice and see how it goes. Cause good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Appreciate the, uh, the tip there. You're full of a man. You got lots of good stuff. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. We're just cracking the tip of the iceberg too. So, yeah. So tell me, you say you read a lot. Yeah. Uh, I read all the time or listen to audiobooks more so these days as walking my dog or, you know, yeah. doing whatever. Um, but give us some, you know, recent books that really recommend or change your life. Mm. So the number out? one book that I, I usually recommend is it's called Prometheus Rising. And uh this is like a super, super lesser known book. Uh, you know, no one really knows about it. It expands upon the theories of Timothy Leary who uh, was a, a famous uh, psychiatrist slash psychologist researcher at Harvard. 
And uh, he's known for actually getting kicked out of Harvard for running experiments with LSD. And so he developed this uh, eight circuits of consciousness theory, which explains how your brain works, the different levels of consciousness in your brain. And like we were saying before, right, self-awareness, I think, is the pivotal aspect of changing your life. And uh, without a doubt, I, I attribute so much of my success to this book because it basically it, – to put it simply – it's a manual for how your brain works and how to get the most out of it. So, for example, there is something called the uh, the, the second circuit of consciousness, which is the uh, anal emotional territorial circuit. And when you read this book, you'll start to recognize, oh, this is how my unconscious mind was programmed in, in this circuit. When you read, you know, this book and, and they talk about the third circuit, the fourth circuit, you'll literally go through this and say, holy shit, that's me. That's what I'm doing. I was literally unconsciously programmed to have this framework to deal with life that I wasn't even aware of. So that's one book that's great is Prometheus Rising. Another one is uh, Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins, uh, Power Versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins. Um, those those are probably my my, uh, my main three, I would say. Very cool. I, yeah. I haven't heard of any of them, so I'll put those on what, the list. What, what about you? What are your big three? Uh, what have I been reading? So I finished a book called Atomic Habits, which is kind of a mainstream, um, book on habits as you can, as you can guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, it came at a good time for me last year. I went through like this crazy state of just insane partying, um, going on trips with Playboy models. Maybe yeah. Mark told you about some of this crazy he crap did. I did, but did. yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> good but, times. yeah, it was fun. And I, you know, I basically like any sort of crazy, you know, bucket list sort of experience when it came to women and sex and, and parties, like I did it. And yeah. unfortunately, like the the nine months of, of raging um, took a toll on my just mental state on my body. Um, I just had all these bad habits and, it, and I knew I needed to change that and get some more stability. But really reading that book. um it's just basic stuff really in there, but it, it was talking about uh, compounding habits and just the, the tiny gains you get from doing things over and over and over mm -hmm. that you don't really see unless you kind of look at them through a microscope. And then, but as they compound, just like interest, the results yeah. are, are incredible. So that was, a, that was a very good one that I read around August last year. Uh, I just read Sex at Dawn. Yeah, that? I've heard of that. I, have, I bought it. I haven't read it though yet. Very cool book on uh, if if you want to get your mind clear on you know what sort of relationship you want, whether it's monogamous or uh, promiscuous or not promiscuous, but a polygamous. Polygamous. Yeah. Um, it goes through the basically like the evolution of humans mm -hmm. and how we've only been monogamous, or no one's really monogamous. Everyone's cheating, and most relationships are failing, anyways. But we've only tried this monogamy thing for about you know, 3000 years, which is 10% of human existence, you know, for 300,000 years, we, we were polygamous living in small tribes, traveling around hunter gatherers, nomadic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it really explains like the nature behind why we're driven sexually the way we are. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you get kind of get that straight in your mind, you're like, oh, that's why I need all the strange, or that's why it didn't work out, you know, when these sorts of relationships and you, mm. There's so much conflict around that with, with girls you're dating or relationships that have failed. When you can be really steady and really understand yourself, you can offer that to women. You can be like, listen, this is me. This is what I want in a relationship. Um, you know, it may not be the traditional monogamous relationship 
you know, you might have this fairy tale about, but try mm-hmm. my thing out. I promise you'll like it better. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to sort of, you can create whatever relationship you want and, and women, if they, you know, if they believe your convictions, they'll, they'll happily try it out too. Absolutely. So, have you, have you ever read the book, um, the rational male? Yeah. Yeah. Big that's a great one too. Yeah. I read that uh, a couple of years back. Um, big, like, you know, gets a lot of guys into this to, kind of through the red pill sort of stuff. Yeah. It's the um, gateway, the gateway book. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the cool thing though about, so there was an interesting, um, after reading the rational mail and hearing a lot of other people's takes on it, a lot of, a lot of people will kind of slam it for being, you know, too red pilly or yeah, manipulative or very like, yeah. Yeah. Too like, um, too patriarchal, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading sex at dawn, you see how kind of the patriarchy was created. It takes you through that history mm-hmm. and how it's really kind of fucking over men a lot more than we think. And how matriarchal societies are actually much, much better. There's very yeah. few of them. There's very, how, very how do few you, of them. How do you define a... Because when I think of patriarchy, I think of like these really extremist feminists that are just like patriarchy. Like how do you, right. how do you define... It's a buzzword. A, yeah, it's a buzzword. How do you define patriarchy versus matriarchy? Is it well, values so a, or is a it... A patriarchal society is basically just one where men are kind of running the show, which is almost every society we have on earth as far as... You know, I'm just regurgitating stuff, so you know, yeah. <laughs> I could I could be wrong on some of this, but we live in a patriarchy. Like almost every society we know, every country is a patriarchy. Yeah, uh, men are yeah. in power. Like you know, men and and this happened because of farming and civilization. Because what happened basically three thousand years ago is we stopped being nomads, hunter gatherers, and we started farming. And once we started mm-hmm. farming, we needed property. And yeah. property became valuable because you wanted the best crops and the best plot. And women became property because in order for them to essentially survive, like they needed protection and they needed food. And the men yeah. were the ones really cultivating that, you know, we're doing uh, yeah. that sort of they thing. Have a farm, and, so yeah. and plus the fact that uh, that's only a small portion of it. The bigger portion of it was once you have property, you need to be able to pass that property down to your heirs. Yeah. And if you don't know who the mother of your child is, or sorry, you always know who the mother is. If you don't know who the father is, yeah. right? If you don't know if you're the dad, now you're potentially passing your wealth down to someone, someone else's else. kid. Yeah. So, so that, that created really, the morals and then the, the monogamy came from that. That really created the patriarchy because women became like men were so obsessed with, is it my kid? Yeah. Right. That women basically became property and it's super Interesting. fucked up. And yeah. then this created all these crazy sort of, you know, it's the world we live in now, obviously. But it, this was from farming and private property. And hmm. and now there's still societies um, that they, they've done studies on in, in the book um, where it's a matriarchal society. And, and it sh- most societies, I believe, should be matriarchal because women are so much better at just overseeing social dynamics. Um, you know, keeping things in order, you know, guys, we mm. like to go out and get shit done and we like to compete and, and we can, you know, we cause wars, we cause all this violence, right? Yeah. And so like, where's, where's like a matriarch? Cause I'm trying to think of like an example, like where's, where's a matriarchal society? Cause I can't, I can't really think of any. You, you can't because they're, they're tiny remote islands that have been like basically untouched by, by uh, religion. Um, they do a study on a few of these in the book. There's maybe like two or three in the world where they're like these tribes mm-hmm. and, and they're still living that basically like hunter gatherer nomadic style 
on an island, or maybe they have some farming there, but it's there's such a small population, you're not really worried about property. Yeah. And everyone's raising the children together. It's a polygamous sort of community. And the women run the show. And there's no jealousy. There's no it, it's just like from a man's perspective, like if you wanted to have your sexual utopia, like let yeah. the women run the show. Yes. It's uh it, it's pretty fascinating. Like And that's all from Sex from Dawn? Yeah. Or Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so check it out. It's, it's some really thought-provoking stuff. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. I've I've never read it though. It um, it seems to me like a lot of it too is is the value systems, right? So like, I think that there's there's a great book called uh, The Way of Men, and it talks about the the four fundamental things that men value, and uh, there's strength. Uh, what the hell is it? Strength, courage, mastery, and honor. And uh, I think that there's sort of stereotypical male patriarchal values and then there's matriarchal values. And I think that it seems to me at least like in a matriarchal society, people would be a lot happier, right? There, yeah. there would be in, in general, or at least I should say like the, the general happiness, right? Uh, in a patriarchal society, I think that the potential to be happier is how do I say this? The range is a lot larger because in a patriarchal society, it's it's competition based, right? right. So the top one percent will be happier, but like the bottom ninety nine percent isn't going to be that happy. Um, and then again, too, though we can we get into topics of uh, you know female hypergamy, right? And like how how that plays out in a patriarchal versus matriarchal society, because like if you look at places like um like Sweden, for example. Um, you know, or like different, different societies where women have all these, you know, they're, it's, it's like more matriarchal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's like weird aspects in the, the SMV and like different things like that. So it's, it's a super interesting topic to explore. Um, I know that I think it's, it's like a, it's like, I guess it's a question of like, because with, with male competition, there comes more, uh, I guess like, how is it progress, so to speak, or like there's, there's more competition. So there's like, Things there's more building. Yeah, there's more building of things, of yeah. structures, of whatever. Um, so it's, I guess it's a question of like, do we want more building or more happiness? Because I, I would like both, right? And so the question is, we how do we attain that? Both. Yeah, really? I really think we could have both by, by basically the patriarchy saying women will do this better. Let's let them kind of, you know, run society, you could say, mm-hmm. um, while we build stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you remove... I mean, this is such like a, you know, <laughs> far out sort of thing, um, unless you have a very small community that you could test this out and do it with. Um, the way that I, from from what I've studied, the way you design it would be you'd go back to our roots and you'd create a, a non sort of jealousy, no no property. Everyone raises the kids together. Um, mm-hmm. having, like a communal based thing. Yeah, having polygamous relationships is encouraged. So what happens when you have polygamy and men are all getting laid? You know, there's there's a lot of the violence is, is removed. A lot oh, of, of the you know, yeah, yeah, I mean they've they've done studies on this too. So women have a calming effect on men, right? So if if because you know, I mean, if you think of like not to get too dark here, but like a lot of these uh, these dudes that shoot up schools and shit, and then in the it's U.S. The they're yeah, all incels. The they're all, all incels. Yeah. You know, because they're not getting laid. So it's like if if that can, you know, if everyone's just having sex, like there's less male aggression, right? Totally. Because um, you so, need an outlet for that. If you don't have an outlet do. for that, you you know, you'll you see what 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 fucking happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, also in, in communities where they've uh, legalized prostitution, like most of those problems like goes Amsterdam away. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Violence goes away. Um, and, uh, when you're encouraging polygamy, when you're encouraging, you know, free love, open love, it's just, it, it removes so many, so many issues in our society that just causes yeah. fucking problems. So my, know? my question would be, I love the idea of free love, but my question would be, it seems like if there was free love, like most of the women would just bang like the top 10% of dudes and the other 90% wouldn't, wouldn't get laid. Is that how it plays out or is that not how it plays out? I think it would play out like that. But the, the key is having the right group of people and, and controlling yeah. the population. Right? Okay. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you think back to when we were nomadic hunter gatherers, like we're all in pretty good shape. Right. You're, you're, you're IF and you're fucking working out every day yeah, yeah. chasing animals. Right. Yeah. You're so happy. there's not this huge, there's not like the, you know, the fucking, like I used to be the, the fat dorky kid who just sat behind his computer and played golf all day. Like yeah. I'd be an in shape, like member of society. And also you're encouraging sex from a young age. Um, yeah. so that you don't have all this taboo and crazy shit around it. So there's less yeah, of yeah. this competition. Um, and th these, these, uh, communities still exist. There's one yeah. somewhere in Southeast Asia and, you know, they they actually encourage the older women to sleep with the younger men, which is interesting because how much older women and how much like, younger men, like guys in their, in like teenagers, you know, yeah. 12, 13, 15, whatever, sleeping wow. with like 28, 35 year olds. Okay. Women, I was thinking like 65 year old women. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, still the, uh, you know. Yeah, the milfs. You know, right, exactly. Milfs yeah. sleeping with younger guys and teaching them, you know, how to last, how to be better lovers. Because huh. when you have like a 16 year old dude banging a 16 year old girl, right? It's, they don't. They don't know anything. They don't know anything, right? Yeah. The guys just, you know, the girl's probably having a terrible time. It's, you know, if she's a virgin, it, it hurts. Whatever. Yeah. And the guys just like, you know, been jerking off. So he's coming in two seconds. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think about nofap by the way on that on that point of coming in two seconds because like i'm a, I'm a huge fan of nofap uh you know like just just guys i think that stopping masturbating is another great habit that i recommend most guys do because what happens is when you stop masturbating first of all you have more motivation because uh, when you when you jerk off your dopamine receptors get super like blunted and so you're not as motivated to do things in life and so that's that's one great effect of not masturbating not jerking off another is you're more attracted to real women Right. So like my thing is, why would I jerk off when I can just like develop a relationship with an actual girl? You know, so what, yeah. what are your thoughts on like the whole no fap thing? I'm a big fan of no fap porn. Meaning, no fap. So no, looking at porn, but doing no fap. No, no, no. <laughs> fap is okay. Fap is okay, but yeah. no porn. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to yeah. lie down in bed and like, you know, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, and simulate like a real sort of sexual experience because if you do that you're using your imagination yeah, yeah and you know you're it's a more natural process right when you're looking at porn it's just all you know in your head it's all visual, it's all visual. you're you're basically training yourself to come as fast as possible you're training yourself to yeah. not get caught right because you're doing yeah. something bad you're training yeah, yourself yeah. to like be in this position right Absolutely. like yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh so i think it's really unhealthy to jerk off to porn now yeah. I think if you're, especially if you're not getting laid, you need some sort of outlet, but you know, just do it the, the more uh, natural way, I guess you could say. That's so. interesting. Cause I, um, I actually do it the opposite and I've, I've tried kind of everything, but what I like to you do is, uh, 
I'll use porn strategically. So like if I'm, for example, I don't, I don't jerk off ever. I, I only ever have sex with real girls. And what I'll do sometimes is like, if I'm like really tired, it's like, you know, I don't want to do work. I'm like, it's, you know, whatever. I'll like look at some porn and I'll be like, damn, like that, that girl's really fucking hot. Now I'm motivated to get shit done. Cause that's what I can get is, you know, a fucking okay. threesome yeah. with a million girls or whatever. Um, so I, I do it the opposite way, but I think that, I think that the key is like, do one or the other. Cause if you, the, it's, it seems to me like the porn and the masturbation tied together is a guaranteed way to just like destroy your life. Cause totally, your yeah. dopamine receptors get fucked up. You're like, you're just not training yourself to, to get real girls. You have no motivation. It's just like, and it's so common nowadays too, Yeah, but it, it fucks you up and it fucks I'm, you up. I'm, I'm totally with you on if you can avoid fapping for sure. Like I haven't jerked off in, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, but I'm also sleeping with but we have like girls, a gazillion. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's easy to say, right? But if, yeah. if you're not, if you don't have that, you know, better than shooting up a school, right? That's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. So fuck, we, I feel like I can go on all day. Uh, however, I have to be up pretty early tomorrow. So what time um, is it there? It's uh, 1230 a.m. Oh, shit. Okay. It's, uh, it's yeah. a 10, 10 hour time difference from the West Coast, but you're on the East Coast, right? So. So yeah whatever yeah but um dude it's been awesome having you on and i'd love to you know continue on maybe do another episode or, or whatever definitely but, um, definitely before Thank we you, go yeah tell us uh where listeners can find out more and get more info on you so you guys can check out my blog at masculinedevelopment.com got hundreds of free articles there you can check out uh you know go to my youtube channel uh youtube.com slash john anthony and there's no h in the john by the way uh, if you want to uh, learn more about the workout routine that I use, you can go to gettheperfectbody.com. And that also comes with a, a free bonus uh, when you when you purchase that product uh, called Alpha Supplements, where I talk about SARMs, where I get them, how I use them, et cetera. So masculinedevelopment.com is my blog. Gettheperfectbody.com is my uh, workout routine and my supplements, all that stuff. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Masculine John, J-O-N, no H. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It was Very fun. cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to head over and get that perfect bod shit because I, I <laughs> you inspire me <laughs> on the, the Sarns thing. Yeah, very awesome. So, uh, And I'll put the links below the uh, the episode so people cool. can click on those. Cool. And, uh, awesome. Cool, dude. Yeah, thanks so much for being on and uh, great convo. And let's do it again soon. Definitely. I'm down. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.